mean? Fantastic. We had Marcel last week, and songs and everything. Loads of people have turned up while my back's been turned. It's good, isn't it? We can sing a hallelujah today. I know Ian loves a hallelujah, so that's good. Hallelujah and an amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Katie. That, I love that song. It's often you have to hear a song a few times before you really get, but that's really, really powerful. And to be able to sing a hallelujah in the midst of sometimes difficult times and be determined to praise God, even when you're in the depths, I think is a really, really powerful thing. I think those words there were, uh, you know, I don't know if it's it's meant to be that, but in the presence of my enemy, my enemy is Satan. And whenever he tries to attack, to be able to sing praise songs, uh, I think is a powerful, powerful weapon. So it's brilliant. So that's good. Um, Charlotte, I think, mentioned this first this morning, but I already had it in my notes. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And she made a really important point uh, this morning that while we're searching, we may think we're searching for God, he's always searching for us as well. And I just wonder, and it's part of what I'm speaking briefly tonight because I want to leave a lot of open space, but uh, as he searches for us, are we... Are we recognizing that he's searching for us are we recognizing he's trying to speak to us are we so busy in our lives because there are busy lives that we can sometimes miss him acts 2 16 to 18 uh, by way of explanation when the holy uh, spirit was poured out for all people at pentecost uh, it's explained no this is what was spoken by the prophet joel in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy, and we've got to take God at his word. He pours out his spirit, and he's willing to give it, and we have to keep searching uh, for what he's saying to us and how he's looking to bless us, because we don't want a Christian faith that's dull and doctrine, and, and we want doctrine, but not just that, not just let me learn about God. How about knowing God? We can miss it, you see. And we've just gone through, and we've nearly finished it, uh, the, uh, the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and we spoke about words and wisdom and all those sorts of things. And helped Charlotte again last week, you know, very good. But it's like an introduction to what we're going to do in the new season because we're carrying on with gifts, but we would have finished the 1 Corinthians 12's gifts, and we're going to look at some of the gifts found in Romans where it talks about gift of encouragement and gift of giving and gifts of service and all these things. And she mentioned that last week. So, but we've got these spiritual gifts that we've spoke about where God, I expect in him to communicate with us. And we should have that expectancy that he will. I have, I have absolute expectancy that, it, that he's speaking to you right now. If you open your ears and your hearts, you already say right now, God, what, would you, what do you want to say to us tonight or to me? And tonight we're leaving this space in an atmosphere of worship just to come and share, encourage, give testimony, share a word, share a picture. Ask God now while you're sitting there uh, to speak. When I, when I first went to church... Um, we, we, so we were getting married, and uh, I started going about once every two months. And, and I just found it, uh, frankly, boring. Um, but I went because I loved Andrew and everything else, and um, I learned very quickly it's good to do what she wants. So, so I went along every now and again, but I did find it boring. Uh, but, and then even when I began to have a bit of a faith, I thought it's sometimes you feel like you're going through the motions. You know, you kind of got the order of service and you know what's coming, it's going to be this and it's going to be that, very structured. Uh, but when I finally got it, when I, find, when I finally got that faith was a faith that was lived and it was exciting and God speaks and God acts, that being a Christian wasn't just about knowledge 
although that's important. It was about, really, a living relationship with God. Then it's exciting. And I love it when I teach Alpha. And, you know, you get on about the truths of Jesus, first three weeks. But then you get to a point where it goes, it actually goes into discipleship. Why and how should I read the Bible? Why and how should I pray? Does God heal today? What about the church? And you realise, and they realise, they get really excited. They say, oh, this is real. And they start experiencing some of these things, uh, which up to then they'd called coincidences. But, of course, we know that God uh, is, is at work. So then it's exciting. But, you know, even as life goes on, and even I can slip... Uh, into this. It's easy to fall into the act of going through the motions, of ticking the box. Um, you know, I, I better do my devotional, but I need to do it quickly because I've got things to do, or I'm going to get to church because, you know, people might notice I'm away, or whatever it is. It turns into legalism. It turns into legalism, and we can get caught in doing all the right stuff, doing the right stuff, but neglecting the being with God. You know, it's easy to fall into that, even as a for dare I say, a professional Christian minister, you can fall into a trap of getting into the Bible a lot to prepare a sermon, but how about getting into it to allow God to speak to you devotionally? We have to really guard that. So we can get caught up in doing a lot for God. And I like doing things for God, but it's not to neglect the being with God. Jesus said in John's Gospel, he said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We've got to remain in him, and it's that time, and it's times like this, where we can just be with God, where it's our prayer times, our devotional times, Uh, reading his word, not just for the study, uh, but to hear from him that the relationship is developed. But what's the one thing we're really not good at, do you think? (coughs) Listening. Honestly, the art of listening. When I did pastoral care and counselling at Spurgeon's, they said most of counselling is just listen. You you don't have to fix a lot of the problems, just listen. And and blokes especially, I'm not just saying just blokes, we want to fix things, but sometimes you can't. Just listen. Just listen, and we're not maybe as good as we could be at listening to God. We can pray and pray and pray, like we're going to the doctor, tell him everything that's wrong, everything I want, everything I need, and before the doctor says, well, this is what you need to do to get there, we say, thanks, doc, for listening, I'm off. You know, but we'd listen to the doctor, and we need to listen uh, to God. So let's listen and be prepared to speak out tonight. Example of me, I can get busy, 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 and sometimes I'm not so busy. It's just the ebb and flow of ministry. We talk about it in the office we have red weeks, we have green weeks, hopefully most are amber weeks. Uh, and so does life. And all of you will be busy some weeks more than the others. But, but you can neglect that devotional life when you're busy. I was praying about a month or so ago. And this is, this is where I want to just give you a bit of confidence that God is speaking to you in the very simple things. It's an art, not a science. Uh, you've just got to learn to listen to that voice, that inner voice of the Holy Spirit. But I was going through my day, and I was letting God know, because he didn't know that already, because he's only God. But I was telling you how busy I was, and all the thoughts and concerns, whether it was the church, whether it was my family, my health, whatever it was, I was pouring all this stuff out. And I said, and this is what I've been doing, and this is, it, and I need you, this is my day today. And all through all of that, these words came into my head, yeah, and all I want is you. right? And it came to me, it said, all I want is you. And I thought... Bit of crazy. That interrupted my thought process. I was too busy letting God know how, how busy I was for him. And all I want is you. And it kept coming back to me. And when you hear something like that, and you might be hearing something now yourself, 
It's easy not to trust it. It's easy to say, well, that's, I'd like to hear that. I'd love to hear God say, well, all I want is you in. That's a nice thing to hear. That must be me. That must be my ego. That's me trying to make myself feel more comfortable. It can be hard to trust. And of course, our emotions can get in the way. But I'll tell you, don't, don't be too quick to dismiss those thoughts. Because does, God does speak. We just don't often have that quiet time to listen. And this is the truth. The next day, I've got this devotional app on my uh, phone. <laughs> Panic, where's the phone? Um, and uh, the next day, I'm reading the devotional. And it was talking about uh, Sandy Miller. Sandy Miller was the vicar or rector, whatever they call him, at Holy Trinity Brompton before Nicky Gumball. Nicky Gumball is the one who does this app that I'm reading. And he was talking about Sandy Miller and how busy he was in the church and that one day he heard God say to him, uh, all I want is you. And it was the day after. And I thought, that's amazing. And it impacted me so much, I went on Amazon and I bought the book, All I Want Is You. And I thought, that's great. And I started reading it. It's only a little passage. Really easy book for me to read because each chapter takes about 20 seconds. Um, but they're all his snippets that he learned through ministry. Very simple way, I could have dismissed that, all I want is you. But it, what it was telling, what God was saying was, Ian, it's great that you do all the work, it's great that you've done all these things, but don't forget, that that's all good, but what I want is you. Don't lose your first love. I want your heart. I want your heart. And I think that's what he wants from all of us. All he wants is you, really. He wants your heart, he wants your devotion. The other stuff is important, but nothing is as important as that fact. And part of that is having a relationship with him. And to finish, I've got a story in the Bible, a factual story, uh, of how you can miss what's going on, but you might need some bit of direction. But be open that God is speaking to you. And you can say uh, the thing that's said at the end, uh, which will become apparent. And then I'm going to hand back to Katie. And what I want to say to you is that at any point, we're going to go just to worship now and prayer and whatever else we feel led to do. But if you feel you've got something to share or a word or a picture or just testimony, you know, we're sitting in the front, or there's elders around, just go and speak to them, and I'm sure it'll be appropriate, come up and share it. What we don't want to do is, we're going to have five minutes of sharing there, and have the awkward silence, you know, and then someone might feel, well, I better do it, because no one's doing it. Just if you feel God is speaking, but trust, the, trust it. You know, a thought will come in. The times I've sat there, um, and a verse has come in, I thought, oh, it's an obvious one, it's my favourite verse, or whatever it is. And basically, I've got so many favourite verses, it doesn't really matter. And then someone else speaks it, and you think, oh, I had that, and I missed it. I missed it. Just go with it. It's amazing what God does. But listen to this. Uh, if this is the call of Samuel, you'll know it. Uh, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli. So he didn't recognise. He didn't recognise that still voice of God. He said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realised that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak, 
for your servant is listening. And I think we should be a people who are bold, uh, in, in, uh, especially when we've, this is a safe place and God is here and God dwells within you. You know, that's an amazing fact. And I think we should be bold and say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. And so pray that prayer. And as Katie comes back now and leads us, uh, you know, speak, ask God to speak. And if you have something, share it and don't be afraid. As I say, we're seated around, just come see one of us. And otherwise, we're just going to worship God. But I do believe he'll speak to us in that worship. So speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Summing the whole evening up, uh, which I think we mentioned a while ago. Was it you that said, and, and I read something recently where someone put on their shoe, literally trust and obey. They literally wrote it on their shoe. So every time they did a step, it was trust and obey. And, you know, where it's Liz looking back and seeing, you know, and recognising God was there in the past and he's there in the future. Uh, Beryl coming tonight, you know, it sounds like you had a really rough day and you've come and been so open and honest, and which I really appreciate, um, and choosing to worship even when not feeling with it. That's trusting and obeying. And then hearing the first song, which confirms it was right that he was here. Whereas Ian taken authority in that situation and, and then God honouring that because you said you had a rise of faith um, and then you know smashing that Buddha to pieces you know uh, fantastic. and Gary straight away said to me I'm reading about this now taking authority um, as Christians we have been given that authority whether it's Norbert on the trust side you know he's had to go through a really testing time I've walked to him a little bit now he's really uh, held his held his faith and his, his nerve and really held on to God, but it's been tough, I know it's been tough, but, but now he can testify to God's uh, goodness. And at the, at, the, at the AGM, I felt God say to me, to ask the congregation to increase their faith, and have more faith, believe more uh, for God. And I think an even night tonight helps us in that, when you hear testimony and you hear these things, and about taking authority, and, and about knowing that you've got that, you've got that already. Jesus sent them out, didn't he? And they cast out demons in his name and healed people when they came back. And he said, you know, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice, your name is written in the book of life in Luke 10. But, but nevertheless, he sent them out in his authority and in his name. And we often sing, don't we, that, you know, Jesus is the name above all names. And I often say that in ministry situations, you know, this was said. And I said, don't worry about that. Jesus' name is above all names. It's the one, it's, that's why it gets attacked so much. He is the name above all names. And everyone in this room as a Christian can go out and minister in his name. And, you know, yes and amen to that. Because Gary's right, that's how you get communities changed and nations changed. And we've had a young guy, you know, severely ill in hospital, got beaten up outside Reeds last night. Really, someone's been arrested for it. And, you know, stuff goes on in our town as much as any others. And, and actually, we have the answer in Christ. And we can go and claim that street. We can go and claim things for Christ, for, for the church, uh, because we minister in his name. We're not calling on our name. It's because of him. And we've got that authority. So that's what, that's just, the, you know, I'm not, that, that's me. That's my offer, that summing that up. I think God's just asked us to increase our faith and go out in his name. You know, Christians, we bear his name. We're called Christians. Uh, go out and minister uh, in his name and, and expect you know so I guess you're kind of in some worship and